Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Allen Derry, and I'm an infectious diseases specialist in New Orleans. Hi, my name is Doc Griggs, and I'm a community medicine doctor and health literacy expert. This is the Noise Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician, that's me, and a health literacy and communications expert, that's me, talk about what you need to know about COVID-19. You can find more information about this show and our other daily live updates and Q&A show at noisefiltershow.com. So let's get started. Disabled people face medical discrimination as hospital resources become scarce. Throughout the course of the pandemic, disabled people and their advocates have been struggling to ensure equitable treatment in hospitals for the disabled. Now, in March, advocacy groups challenged triage plans that would have led to discriminatory end-of-life decisions. And in June, the U.S. Department of Public Health and Human Services passed a resolution stating that hospital visitation policy must accommodate in-person support to disabled people may need, but many caregivers and group home employees worry that this is not enough. As hospitals face increased strain due to COVID-19, caregivers are concerned that their disabled patients may become collateral damage. Mm -mm -mm. This is because of something called the disability paradox. Mm -hmm. It's less of a paradox and more of an observation of dissonance between two parties. Okay. Doctors tend to perceive the quality of life of significantly disabled patients as far lower than the people themselves consider it to be. Hmm. Now, this creates a problem as hospital resources for treating COVID-19 is becoming more scarce. Many doctors hold unconscious biases against the disabled and may not provide adequate care for COVID patients who require other accommodations. If they could not be cured the way that an abled person might be, hospital workers may not make the necessary effort to return those patients to their baseline health. Northwest Primary Care states that the best way for caregivers to advocate for disabled people in these situations is to become as informed as possible. They also suggest keeping personal records by taking notes and saving all bills and paperwork that they can. Now, if caregivers require additional assistance, there are a number of nonprofit organizations that specialize in patient advocacy for disabled people. The ARC is a group with chapters in most regions of America equipped to advocate for adequate care for hospitalized disabled individuals. If caregivers feel as if their patients have already faced medical discrimination, then they can file a complaint with the Health and Human Services Department's Office of Civil Rights. This is an incredibly important topic, and I'm so happy to see that there are advocates out there advocating for those that are vulnerable in our populations. New research shows common gene in COVID infections. In a developing study, researchers are finding that a particular gene variant in DNA, which is common in severe COVID infections. The study reviewed 2,200 critically ill COVID-19 patients, and the results will help the development of treatments which can target the specific genes involved. Huh. Now, one finding of the study is that patients with blood type A were at greater risk for more severe infection. Mm, we've heard that before. <laughs> yes, indeed. And in contrast, blood type O offered more protection from severe infection to the body. Now, additionally, they found an association between chromosome 3 and respiratory failure. The common gene they discovered is associated with COVID-19. 
The gene is vital in interfering with viral transmission throughout the body. A weakened response from this gene allows COVID-19 to attack the body and replicate. So, researchers found this gene to be a potential source for genetic variation and cause for COVID-19 severe infection. While this research is useful in providing us with greater knowledge, it's only a piece of the puzzle. Researchers of the study cautioned drawing conclusions of direct cause and effect from their results. One author of the study noted, a chunk of the answer is in our genes, but it's unlikely that a single element is fully responsible for the development of severe COVID-19. While our genetics are a rather complex network, they are. we're learning more bit by bit about how they impact our response to the COVID-19 infection. One researcher mentioned that these gene studies offer starting points for further investigation. Knowing where in our genetic makeup to begin better equips researchers with how to design treatments and ultimately a strengthened immune response. Hi everyone, my name is Nardo Solomon and I have been working for Noise Filter for a few months now as a writer. I wanted to speak to you all directly this time because this story is personal to me. Medical Technologist Appreciation. There is much praise going around to the doctors and nurses on the front line, and it is very much deserved. But I wanted to steer focus on the medical or laboratory technologists out there, which happens to include my aunt. This is truly a field that is overworked, yet underappreciated, and sometimes even unknown. Almost 200 million coronavirus tests have been conducted, and there are millions more to come. Experts are growing concerned over the decreasing amount of human power needed to do these tests. The PCR tests are already time-consuming and tedious alone, but many labs are now facing resource shortages and a skyrocketed number of tests creating huge backlogs. Not to mention, what many forget is that other diseases don't just magically stop because of corona. The work these scientists do is nothing short of amazing. They come in early in the morning, full PPE for hours, manually unscrewing and rescrewing caps, plucking swabs, avoiding cross-contamination, avoiding infection, dealing with malfunctions and breakdowns for machines not meant to run 24-7, and trying to find morale in an environment that really tries to bring you down, yet still feeling guilt when you walk away for a well-deserved break. These people rarely receive phone calls of gratitude and are instead met with heavy criticism, complaints, and blame when something out of their control goes wrong. Now we need to do more to help out all of our healthcare workers, including our lab technologists, by social distancing, quarantining, wearing a mask, and listening to your public health officials. I know the stress and frustration many of you are feeling. This goes for all the healthcare workers behind the scenes, from the custodial staff to the laboratory technologists. And this goes for all the non-healthcare essential workers who work at grocery stores, mail offices, trash disposal sites. Whoever you may be, we at Noise Filter see you and we appreciate you. And we value the work that you do. I value the work that you do, Amoy. Stay strong, stay safe, thank you. So now we come to our section where we highlight a new member of our president, illustrious. illustrious president-elect's COVID-19 advisory board. That's right. It's one of our favorite segments. Our next featured member is Lois Pace, an expert in public health and health equity. 
She has served as the executive director and president of the Global Health Council since December 2016. She received her bachelor's in biology from Stanford University, shout out to Stanford, before obtaining a master's in public health from the Bloomberg School of Public Health at Johns Hopkins University. That's right. Her bio on Global Health Council says that she has championed policies for access to essential medicines, testified for congressional global health appropriations, and elevated the voices of people at the community level around various shared advocacy goals. She previously worked with Physicians for Human Rights, the American Cancer Society, Catholic Relief Services, and the Livestrong Foundation. She speaks several languages, has lived in Africa, Asia, and Europe. Doc Riggs. In a role with the Global Health Council, she has made the United States a pillar of her mission, stating that at a time when U.S. leadership and engagement around the world is being called into question, it is critical that we work to solidify our country's role in multilateral policymaking and programming. At this crucial time where the global distribution of vaccines is being coordinated, we hope that PACE's expertise will help to make significant contributions to policies, decisions that will affect us all. Indeed. Just as a reminder that COVID-19 and the human immunodeficiency virus do share the same risk factors. Doc Griggs. Thanks for listening to the Noise Filter Daily Podcast. Dr. Derry and I have a daily show at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time where we go into more detail on stories and answer your questions about COVID-19. You can find Doc Griggs at DocGriggs1 on social media, and you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at D-R-D-E-R-Y. You can follow us at Noise Filter on Instagram, Noise Filter NOLA on Twitter, and for more information about us and the show, you can go to NoiseFilterShow.com. Hey, Doc Griggs, any last words? Remember, get checked, get fit, get moving. And remember to get some rest to boost your immune system. And Doc, protect yourself and others by staying home and please wear masks when you go outside. Remember, health is a human right.